Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus weeps for Jerusalem as He approaches the city on that Palm Sunday. All the revelers are laying their garments and palm branches before Him, and Luke records their crying out with the words of the angels at His birth. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to God in the highest. And Jesus weeps. Their king cries because they do not have faith in him. He is entering what should be, and by his visitation is the city of God, the place where God dwells with the greatest of his creation, man. But they are blind to who he truly is. He knows what is coming and the need for the path he is on. In Luke 13, Jesus is warned by some of the Pharisees to get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. But he responds, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. He knew what was coming. Jerusalem had a history of killing prophets, and in doing so, rejecting God's word sent through them. It continued after the resurrection of Jesus as well, and is spoken of by Stephen in his great speech in Acts 3. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. And we all know what happened to Stephen, right? A martyr's death and stoning. Jesus continues his answer to the Pharisees, How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. This gathering is not unlike the usage in the Old Testament when God would gather and return his people after exile. He would offer them shelter and restoration. If they would turn from their evil ways, repent and trust in him. He was merciful. But Jesus tells the Pharisees, that are warning him, behold, your house is forsaken. I tell you, and I tell you, you will not see me until until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A short time later, these words are spoken by the people at his entrance into Jerusalem, and some of of the Pharisees on that Palm Sunday tell him to have the people stop. Rebuke your disciples. And what does he tell them? I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Such is his authority over creation. Yet the king rides in on a donkey and weeps for his kingdom that is in disarray and unbelieving. In meekness, he comes as a servant to those expecting a king to possibly drive the Romans out, bring them wealth, an abundance of food, healing of all their illness, or give them political standing among the nations that surround them that have historically dominated them. 
As he rides in, the stories are out there of all the things Jesus had done, the acts of mercy and miracles. What they fail to see is their need for salvation. They fail to see who Jesus is, the promise he is fulfilling, and what he brings. They fail to see the Son of God, the visitation of their Creator and promised Savior. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells his hearers, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus has come in meekness to purchase, to redeem those lost in sin and death, and he will do it with his own perfect and sinless life. He is the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, so he can give it away. He is the epitome of one who is merciful. He is pure in heart, as only God can be. He has come as the peacemaker between God and sinful man to restore what was lost in the fall of Adam that resulted in sin and eternal death for all. Jesus comes to bring life, and he weeps for Jerusalem because all the people of, of, because of all the people on earth, they should have gotten it. As God's people, they should have known what was happening. Today, Christ comes to us. We are in, in the now and not yet where the church is militant and still fighting in the end times. Until the time of Christ's glorious return, he comes hidden in his word and sacrament through which the Holy Spirit does God's work of salvation in us. We are to give up all for this wonderful gift of salvation. Nothing else matters. The cost of being a disciple of Christ is high. In Luke 14, Jesus uses a parable to explain this. One example is of a king at war. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks terms for peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. What must we renounce or give up? We have to give up self-righteousness. The simple idea that there is anything in us that can create a right relationship with God the Father. All our do-goodery amounts to nothing. God's Word calls all of our attempts at self-righteous works filthy rags. When our King comes, we do not plead our case based on our own merits. Our worldly possessions or the good things we have done, they're just filthy rags. We plead for mercy. We extend our folded hands as a sign of meekness and are covered by His grace. This is really best seen in the sacraments which Christ has given us. In them is His work done for and to us. In baptism, we receive God's name and are made His children. It is not something we do. It is God's work, adopting us as sons and daughters in His kingdom. The same is true of the Lord's Supper. We simply extend our hands and open our mouths and we receive and, and we receive Christ's true body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our fight against temptation and sin. God gives us life in these things. Jerusalem was going to war with the king of kings. They were going to put him on trial for claiming to be the son of God, 
and put him to death. They wanted a relationship with God on their terms, and they were blind, not believing or caring who Jesus is, yet through their actions, all would be set right. It is the upside down and backwardness of the way God works. The weak are made strong, and the strong are laid low. Jesus, in his weak human flesh, suffered and died for the sins of all. His resurrection was proof that the atonement for sin had been made and was accepted and pleasing to God the Father. And now he comes to you and to me asking us to give up all, recognize our weakness and failure, and follow him, to be a disciple, to be made strong in him. We are to give up the idea that we can attain righteousness before God in a way we choose. It is only through his blood on the cross. Sin in us is at war with God, and we need to renounce our idea that we can do good, not sin, and save ourselves. Only Christ saves. Only Christ is righteous. Only Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, can stand for us before the Father, plead our case, redeem us, and give us eternal life. The foundation of Jerusalem, the foundation of the very faith the people had, was laid on the promise of a Savior, and he wept because they did not recognize his coming and his visitation. It is us who should weep now with joy as he comes to us again and again and again and yet again to forgive our sins and cleanse us. Christ is the, is the foundation of his church, and he keeps it safe until the end of all time when he will gather us together with all those who have gone before us in the faith. Until then, we suffer and renounce all our attempts to stand self-righteous before God. We confess our sinful weakness and place our body and soul in the hands of the Lord's mercy. Recall the words of our introit. I call to God, and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. But I call to God and the Lord will save me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is, is now, and will be forever. Amen. In the name of Jesus.